thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Episode 171, Should You Focus on Paying Down Your Debt Right Now? Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about debt. We haven't had a debt-focused episode in a little while, And there's a big question going around, how hard should you be focusing on debt? And I I see kind of the same ones, like how hard should you be focusing on like storing up cash right now too? So I think we'll touch on that one a little bit as well, but specifically on debt. Mm -hmm. And it is straightforward. I mean, spoiler alert, we love advocating for paying off debt. We think it brings a ton of freedom. But there are some things to consider. It's not incredibly black and white. So we want to we want to take a look at that today. Yeah. But first, our sponsors. sponsors. Today's episode is also brought to you by Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Why you ask? Because I need you to know that not all needs are created equal. While some needs are more important than others, pursuing any need that improves your life is not bad. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, the triangle for your basic psychological and self-fulfillment needs. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I think that's our most educated sponsor yet. I really felt pursued by them yesterday in my head. And I was like, well, okay, how do we make this fit? And it's I thought it was appropriate. I thought it would fit because we are talking about like the need to pay off debt. Sometimes you just feel a need Mm. to be debt free, regardless of what the math says on some things. And I say that that because that's where we were. Granted, we didn't know a lot about other financial things when we were paying off debt. But Regardless of if maybe we could have made a little more in the stock market or bought a house earlier or whatever, getting out of debt was a life-improving thing Mm. that we did. Mm. So if you're doing something that improves your life, you're not doing it wrong. You're not living life wrong Mm. just because you're not living in accordance with what somebody else thinks you should. And vice versa. If you are maybe focusing a little more on investing than paying off debt. You're not doing life wrong if you're improving. Mm. So that's the mindset 
I want us to take in today's episode. Good word, Jen. Yes, once we have food, shelter, and water, some of how we approach our other needs and wants are going to be different. And Mm -hmm. there's freedom for that as long as we're being intentional with it and thoughtful about what's going to be best for you. Absolutely. So a little current events for us in this. We don't typically talk about current events because we want these episodes to be pretty evergreen. But right now, the federal student loan payment pause is slated to end September 1st. That could be extended through the end of 2021. It could even be extended to March of 2022. So we don't know when federal student loan payments are coming back, but we can guarantee with certainty that they are coming back. (laughs) (laughs) They will not stay asleep forever. Yeah, they will be coming. Bears do not hibernate forever. That is so wise, Jill. That is so wise. Um, And we are also unsure about student loan forgiveness. There are different amounts everywhere from zero to 50,000. I would say do not absolutely count on $50,000 of loan forgiveness. Like, don't do it. But like maybe you want to account for the possibility of maybe 10,000 in loan forgiveness. Maybe that's something you want to do. Um, That's not wrong to do, but it's also, you know, you don't have to do that. You don't have to wait for the government to become debt-free, even if they do end up forgiving loans. Um, You will miss nothing by paying off your debt and becoming debt-free earlier. So with all of the uncertainty, Let's just talk about some things that we do know that will kind of be standard. And something else new that we're doing is instead of doing like a, a top, well, I guess this was when, when I searched, um, this was at the top of Google, but mostly because it's newsworthy. And it's from Go Banking Rates, but it's on, it's on Yahoo Finance. And it says, Mark Cuban says the best investment is paying off your debt. Is he right? Jill, what did you think when you saw this article? Uh, First, I thought Shark Tank (laughs) 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 because of Mark Cuban. I have to say Barbara Corcoran is my favorite shark, but Mm. it's neither here nor there. Yeah, I like Rob. I'm blanking on his last name. It's it's a complicated one, but he's kind. He's so kind. (sighs) Anyhow... I think it's a helpful one because there is there is this argument and perspective out there. Why would I focus my energies on paying down debt when I could put that money into the stock market? I could invest it and get potentially a higher rate of return. Of course, we'll talk about that because it mm-hmm. does depend on the interest rates. So it's not necessarily the way my mind thinks. I am definitely more of a what's right in front of me, pay off debt, save money. But for those who are more investment minded, this is a really helpful look at why should I consider paying down debt with that other argument of what's the cost benefit analysis of if I were to put that money into an investment. So one of the first things that they mentioned with this is that debt is like investing, but in reverse. The same principles are going to apply. Paying down debt as fast as possible is going to provide the most value in the long run. Again, that has to do with interest rates. If your debt has a 
I don't know, any type of interest rate, right? The, the quicker you can pay it off, the less money you're going to be paying towards interest and then freeing that up to be able to do what you want with it. Similar to investing money will give you a return, an interest return. Yeah. I mean, I've, we know this. That's why we believe that we have to pay off our debt. I think nobody is like really happy. Most people are not just happy with just having debt sit around. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's important to look at the interest rate. That's why we say you especially have to get high interest debt out of your life because you're essentially kind of losing 16% in interest. That's the average uh, credit card interest rate right now. Versus if you paid it off, you have an immediate 16% gain. It's not compound interest like it is in investing, but we always say that past returns are no indicator of future gains. And so you just don't know what the market's going to be like long term. It trends upward, but sometimes you need those short term gains. And there's no better short term gain than getting rid of like 16% credit card interest. The, the way it gets tricky is when your interest rates are closer to three or four percent. Like, then that's lower than the stock market. And and what do you do? And of course, we're talking about if you actually do invest that money. So I, I just want to say this caveat here that I think sometimes people will utilize this as a reason for not going hard at paying down debt to say, well, because I can make more money in investing it than I can off of tying up my money, paying down debt. And that's all that can only be true if you are actually investing. I think sometimes people will stop there with that train of thought and they won't actually invest their money. So that also needs to be stated. You mm -hmm. actually have to do something with it in order to actually like see that idea play out. Mm -hmm. But yes, to focus on interest rates, taking a look at what are the interest rates on your debt. This is usually expressed in APR. So debt with a high APR is almost always going to be better to pay down before you focus on any other financial priorities, investing, etc. That's the hierarchy of needs, right? Like focus mm -hmm. on the big things first. Yeah. So on the same topic of interest, let's talk about compounding and simple interest. So that's another point that the article makes is that Look at the type of interest your loan has. So if you have, if it's something like a credit card, yeah, that interest does compound. So you're going to pay interest on interest in the future. So that's another reason those high interest rates and compounding interest are reasons to really focus on getting that type of debt out of your life as quickly as possible. And interest like a mortgage so that does not compound on itself. It's calculated at the onset and you can, yes, save money by paying it off early, but that doesn't mean it increases if you pay it off more slowly, if that makes sense. So yeah, and uh, student loans, you can also pay interest on interest and which is why student loans you know, blow up, obviously not as their interest rates are lower, so it's not as fast as a credit card, but the amounts are higher, so it feels like the same. And so that's often one of the things you overlook is you just look at the interest rate of a student loan and you don't 
think as much about the compounding, but it really does give you, if you're looking at just the amount of interest you're paying every month, like that could be very reasonable if you had a lower credit card balance with a higher interest rate versus a higher student loan balance with a lower interest rate, you know? And I don't know what the exact numbers are to get there, but if you're looking at amounts, then those could be comparable. And so something in marketing, like marketers will use, is we tend to gravitate towards sales with a higher percentage off versus if something is maybe $20 off or $40 off, we don't gravitate towards those as much, even if the percentage may be more. So we all we we like to save in percentages, studies have shown, versus amounts. And so that's why you very very rarely ever see a sale for, you know, this amount off. Sales are always in percentages. And we kind of think the same way about our debt. When our debt interest is lower, we focus on the higher interests instead of the actual dollar amount in interest that our separate debts are accruing for us monthly. Yeah, that's interesting. Just even from a marketing perspective, Mm -hmm. the way they play their mind games. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of a twist with this article because it wasn't actually what Mark Cuban said, like the best investment. He was referring to... Said that first. Yeah, that's all right. It's a little clickbaity. Yeah, it was clickbaity and we clicked on it because Mark Cuban. But he was answering the question of what's the safest investment. So this links to knowing your risk tolerance. So yes, investors, people in business and even working with large amounts of money may take calculated risks in the hopes that their investment returns will outpace the cost of borrowing. But when it comes to personal finance, we generally want to take the safer route. And so the answer does remain the same, that the safest investment for looking at risk tolerance is to err on the side of caution, which would say pay down debt first before you look into kind of straddling that line of debt payoff and investing. Yeah, I always say that focusing on one thing at a time is the most effective way to do anything. And yeah, you you can definitely do two at the same time. But one's always going to get your focus anyway. So you should you might as well just prioritize it intentionally versus just letting whatever happens happen. So yeah, definitely stop straddling the line of anything and just uh picking something is a smart decision. I also on this one, like that he said, don't forget taxes. And so I think sometimes in Florida, we forget that other people pay a lot more taxes than we do. Mm -hmm. And so while some interest can be deducted from taxes, if you really need to bring down your tax liability for a year, you're going to find a lot more tax relief in contributions to a 401k or traditional IRA than you would by putting extra money towards paying off debt. Um, So this is definitely a, a niche reason to maybe prioritize investing over paying off debt. 
But it is, it's something to realize, I think for those of us who kind of just focused on paying off debt over investing, you know, while we did that, sometimes we may not realize why other people might not do that or why it might not be the best decision for somebody else. And knowing that sometimes these things are more complicated for people in certain states or cities. Some cities, you have a city tax, a state tax, and you're paying federal tax. Uh, That's where I came from. Yeah. PA, gouge you everywhere. so, So sometimes in certain areas... Um, it can be smarter to focus on investing if those higher interest compounding interest, you know, loans are or cards are out of your life. Yeah. We love to put hard and fast rules on it. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't. A lot of people do and then yell at others about it. But yes, I love <laughs> your point there, Jen, to say look, there's more to consider here. And what's best for me is not always going to be best for other people. Like there are some general tenants that we can be aiming at, but we cannot assume that my decision in finances needs to be everybody else's decision. Yeah. I mean, I mean and being educated can also help you in your argument why you've chosen what yes. you have chosen. So like for me, I have federal tax and that's it. And it's, you know, it's not that high. So it was totally fine for me to forego the tax, you know, benefits of a 401k when I was paying off debt. And if somebody else had told me, "No, you should be lowering your taxes." I could have said, "Well, this is my tax liability and yada yada." You sound really smart talking about tax liability. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just to. moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know where they don't have a lot of taxes? Florida. Yes. Blessings. <laughs> Uh, anything else on this one for you, Jill? That's it. Thanks, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Yahoo yes. Finance. The safest investment. And he is right on that. That is a guaranteed return, even if it's not the highest. But honestly, honestly, like we're out of the bull market that we were in for, what, nine years or something? is the longest bull market in history. And technically, I guess we're in a bull market again, but like it doesn't really count to me. And I know we're going to get a one-star review from something I've already said on this episode. So I'm sorry in advance, but like (laughs) it's, we're, we're in a really good time that you can really do whatever you want on this subject, focus on paying off debt, focus on investing. And as long as you're focusing on something, like that's going to be good for you. There's nothing economically where someone's like, oh, we're, you know, you know, our economy's growing so fast. It's so strong. Like you would be dumb not to invest. Nobody's going to say that. So you really have the freedom right now to do what what makes you feel like good. And uh, this is a really strong time to do that. You have a really strong argument for doing either one. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> How appropriate after we celebrated the 4th of July. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. 
Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete.me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and makes sure it stays off. Delete.me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, add a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. Yes. All right. So our next article is going to be specifically for student loans, and it's from Credible. And it says, before paying off your student loans early, read this. And it is just five questions or signs that paying off your student loan early makes sense or doesn't. What do you think of these, Jill? Great. They're short, sweet, to the point. I think so many people can relate to this. Many, many, many have student loans. It's not just those in their early 20s, right? Student loans are following us into our 30s and 40s. So this is a helpful one to kind of weigh out. Again, it's not just a cut and dry answer. There are some situations where we might want to consider, ooh, let's get these ducks in a row before we go hard at this other thing. Mm -hmm. And so these are some of the things that they're telling us to focus on. Yeah. And while the first article was kind of debating, like, should you mathematically prioritize paying off debt early, where this one's like, these are hard and fast, like yes or no. So these are definitely, and I, and I think we agreed with all of these. So yeah, the first one, the first question you should ask yourself is, do you have an emergency fund? If yes, then paying off student loans early is a good idea. So that's the first off the bat. I think the biggest question is like, what size should your emergency fund be? And how long should you wait before you start paying off your loans? Somebody asked me the other day on Instagram, they're like, should I save a three to six month emergency fund, even if it's going to take me a year before I can start paying off debt? And there were a few questions that I had for her. Well, the first was a suggestion to stop thinking about your emergency fund in terms of months. 
The reason we say three to six months, and the article says it right here, is typically you want to have three to six months. The reason we say that is for if your industry is volatile, if you could be laid off, if you could find yourself without employment abruptly. And nobody, I guess, can see a layoff happening. So that's why we say three to six months of expenses, because that's about the time it would take you to find a new job. But in reality, if you can't save that very quickly, then think about it in terms of actual emergencies. So look at your last year. How many quote-unquote emergencies have you had? What have they cost you? Look around you. Is there anything, any car repairs you're going to need? Any home repairs? Anything around you that might result in an emergency in the next year or six months? And so kind of taking those emergency costs into consideration and thinking, has anybody ever has been able to help me with my emergencies? Do I have a strong familial support system? Uh, stuff like that. So take these things into consideration and create an emergency fund based on that. So that's if your income is really low because you shouldn't have to wait a year. You shouldn't have to save an emergency fund for a year before you start paying off debt. I mean, I can't say what a hard and fast number is, but definitely a year seems like a long time to save an emergency fund before you start paying off debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the before you start paying off debt. Like, right. That you can keep working on building an emergency fund while you're also making payments to mm-hmm. debt. But yeah, if you're kind of talking like, I want to have this first and then look at that, kind of look at what's a reasonable amount before you can get to a larger amount that you feel more comfortable with. And again, the reason for this is so that we don't go into further debt. That's the reason for an emergency fund, ultimately, is that we are able to cash flow, whatever the emergency is, and not get ourselves deeper into the pit of owing some other entity. So cushioning yourself for that is a good idea before you start paying down your student loans early. And I think the one caveat I gave her, the last question was like, do you feel comfortable with less than three to six months of expenses in your emergency fund? And if the answer is no, like I only feel I have this goal number and I will only feel safe if I have this number, then it's a moot point. Then you save till you get to that number so you can feel safe. But don't, or I guess don't lie to yourself and think like if this number is enough, then you'll start to think of something else you need and the number just keeps going up and up and up. If you have a number that feels good and feels safe and you will save to, save to it. It's a moot point. But if you feel like you could feel safe with less than three to six months, it's just what you've been told you need to have, then maybe you don't need three to six months right now. You can save the amount that'll keep you out of dipping into your credit cards and stuff for emergencies and just continue to like bit by bit build that up while you're paying off debt. The next question to ask yourself is, do you have a lot of credit card debt? So again, this is in comparison to paying down student loan debts. If you have a lot of credit card debt, then no, you should focus on 
the credit card debt before the student loan debt, because on average, the credit card interest rate is about 16.97% versus your plus loans, your federally funded loans that are about between like 45 to 7%. So credit card loans are gouging you far more with interest rates. And so the frugal friends hierarchy of debt payoff says <laughs> to focus on credit card debt first. Yeah. Even if your student loans are private, those are still usually 9 to 13. So definitely focus on the credit cards first and focus on the habits that got you into credit card debt or the life situations that got you into credit card debt and kind of look at the root causes and see how can I get stable there and put my focus there before I start putting my focus on finances. So we want to get stable. We want to get strong habits. um, We want to get healthy there so that we can actually sustain paying off debt. Because if you're just looking at your cards and be like, okay, I'm going to pay off my debt now, that's a hard, like that's very difficult to sustain. But we want to look at the circumstances uh, that got us there first and get healthy there and then try to pay off our debt. So number three, if your student loans have high interest rates, yes, paying off your student loans early is a good idea. So yeah, what I just said, private student loans are obviously higher. Federal student loans can have rates as high as eight and a half. So it's definitely, if you have graduate loans or any private, it definitely makes sense to pay those off early for sure. The next question, fourth question on here is, do you contribute to your retirement and get the max employer match? So assuming that you're working in a place that offers a 401k and maybe even offers a match, you want to focus on doing that as well or beforehand before you focus on paying off your debt early. So the answer is if you're not doing that, then no, paying off your student loans early is not a good idea. And the argument here is, while it might seem when we are in the place of insurmountable student loan debt, retirement is not something that we're thinking about. But the amount of time that we can be putting money towards retirement and investing, that is going to do far better for us in the future. The amount of time that we can be investing, not not always the amount that we're investing. So time is on our side if you're younger. And so you do want to focus on that. Look at contributing to the 401k, getting the match, maxing out your Roth IRAs. That's a big important component to be focusing on even while you have debt. Yeah. And I would say definitely the the max employer match is the keyword here because that's not a lot of money. And honestly, it just takes emailing HR and be like, hey, can you send me the link to sign up for the 401k if you weren't already auto-enrolled or then just getting the link to sign in and just saying, yes, I want to get the max match, which is typically about 3%. Because if you don't do that, you're essentially telling your employer you're turning down a 3% raise mm-hmm. is is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so you are entitled to that money 
And so don't tell your employer that you don't want Mm -hmm. more money from them because I'm sure nobody can say that. Yeah, you can treat it like it's another bill. Yes, it'll get taken out of your paychecks, but you will thank yourself in the long run. And mm-hmm. again, this is another piece that doesn't have to take you away from paying down debt, but don't pay down debt instead of doing these very minimal retirement investment things. Yeah, you can definitely invest beyond the match, but if you don't want to focus on investing while you pay off debt, that's totally fine. But still sign up, get the employer match, your employer owes it to you. And that's money that will just grow and grow. And typically at a 7% long-term return, will double around every 10 years. And so it's money that is just there for you, for the taking. So don't turn it down. Yeah, it's a benefit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the last one is five. Are you already contributing to other life goals? Um, And if the answer is yes, then yeah, you might as well pay off your student loans early. So they define the life goals as saving for a house, investing, and paying off higher interest debt. So if you've got one through four kind of figured out, then yeah, it's a good idea to pay off your student loans. Some people will gladly have their student loans around. And I think it can get really overwhelming if you are looking for diverse voices in personal finance because everyone will have a different opinion. And that's great. You can find somebody who speaks to you in the language you feel good about, you know, about debt or investing or um, real estate or, or whatever, whatever feels good to you, you can find somebody who speaks wisely to that. It can also be really overwhelming if you're not sure what camp you're in yet. Mm-hmm. Just know that if you are looking to improve your life and your finances in whatever way you do that, as long as you are focusing on something, you're going the right way. Mm-hmm. But I think there's these these really important tenets that we have is like pay off the high interest debts, credit cards, and get the 401k match, have the emergency fund. And if you have the basics on your hierarchy of financial needs, everything else is kind of semantics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, decide for yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you are in the camp of saying, yeah, there might be some other things to consider, then here it is. This is the podcast episode for you. But if you're in a place where you're just saying, I don't really need to know all of the other arguments. I just don't like this burden. And I just want to get all my debt gone. Great. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You do you. Mm. You know what else is us doing us? (laughs) You really, I didn't know where you were going to go with it. I'm glad you went there, but I'm, I'm happy to head somewhere else. <laughs> the Bill, the of, bill the of the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, buff 
Buffalo Bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, guys. This is Tasha in sunny St. Petersburg, Florida. What's up, neighbors? Um, and I'm calling because I've been trying, or, you know, thinking about it all March, and I've been waiting. I knew it was coming, but you've been waiting. I wanted to make sure that that bill that is coming through this week actually came through. Okay, here it is. I paid off my highest interest, like, credit card consolidated loan 16 months early, and I am so excited. I'm yelling. Woohoo! My goal for New Year's was to have it paid off by the end of the year, so, you know, one year, six months early. But, no, it is down to zero, and I'm super excited. Thanks, guys. Love the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so was great. Yeah. You. Oh my gosh. Doing my lightning round sounds early. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. And doing it in sunny St. Petersburg. And man, now you're going to be able to, like, I don't know, invest in real estate in St. Petersburg and become a millionaire because that's what everyone's doing. So, (laughs) congratulations. And how fitting. Paying down that high interest loan early. That's what we're talking about. Getting rid of it. 16 months early. Accomplishing your goals even earlier than you had set for yourself. So many great things here. Congrats. Mm, We're so proud of you. All right. And let's see our second bill of the week. Hi, ladies. My name is Emily. I'm from Toledo, Ohio, and I'm so excited to share this with you. My bill of the week is my rent bill, which is now $435 a month. I'm a new listener, and your podcast helped me work up the courage to call my landlord and negotiate a $25 monthly discount in exchange for signing another year-long lease. You guys were my courage buddies, and because of you, I'm going to save $300 this year. So thank you. Oh, Emily from Toledo. Oh my gosh, $300. We're so happy to like, like be in your ear by your side, giving you courage. That all that courage comes from you, girl. We're just telling you, you have it. Courage bodies. I love that term. And also, I was expecting you to say for negotiating and you're going to do an exchange of some lawn maintenance or something, but it was just for (laughs) signing another year. It doesn't take any time or energy out of you over this next year. You just get a savings. Well done. And I hope that this inspires other people to do likewise and experience a discount for themselves. So, Emily, glad to be your courage buddy. And you are, I know, being a courage buddy to somebody else right now. Yeah, I mean, and you can negotiate with landlords. They Landlords want really good tenants that keep up their property well. And if that's you and you want to give them more money for another year and keep them from having to look for a new tenant, take a chance on them, run background checks and all that stuff, like then they can help you out with rent a little bit or at least not increase it if they're trying to increase it. So definitely always ask. The worst they can do is say no, but always ask and give a reason behind why you deserve what you're asking for. 
If you want to submit your bill of the week, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us a bill, whether it's about paying off debt, lowering bills, you know it, a person named Bill. We're all ears. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, FlowHealth, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for the lightning, lightning round. round. Yes. So in today's lightning round, we are going to share what we would change about our debt payoff. You go first, Jen. I'm curious oh. what you have to oh say. Oh my gosh. I know. Not I, just I pounced I... on that. Okay. Um, I would have... So... Part of me thinks that I would have started maybe investing a little bit earlier. We ended our debt payoff in August, which gave us enough time to max out a Roth IRA for that year because you could go into the next year. You have until tax day to contribute to your Roth. So we were able to max out. But I think I may have done a little bit more in the year previous. But not doing that allowed us to be in a place where we could buy a home at the beginning of 2017 while we were paying off debt. So I'm really glad we did that. Yeah, maybe I would have just, if I had known about Roth IRAs, I would have opened one just a year earlier. Honestly, our debt payoff took two years, which is very reasonable, So I can't even really say I regret not investing, but had I known about it, I definitely would have done a little, Um, Mm. even if it was just, you know, two fifty a month. So yeah, I would have done that. Mm. Yeah, that's that's good. It doesn't make a big difference in the grand scheme of things, though. Honestly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think similarly, I, I 
in no way want to come across as though, oh, everything happened perfectly for me. I generally don't have many regrets. I will say that. And maybe part of that is just like my ideology. You either learn from things or you can build upon any of it. Ultimately, I'm glad that I was focused on paying off debt immediately after graduation, if not sooner, like it was on my radar. So ultimately, I don't have massive regrets around it or things that I would change. I think maybe having made more money would have helped (laughs) in the stress levels that existed of, okay, I really don't like this burden. I want it gone, but I also barely make enough to kind of cover costs. Eric and I had a very, very low income in our first years of marriage. And I've talked openly and candidly about that. But at the same time, I mean, that that is part of our journey. And it's part of what allows us to have a focus on generosity, because we know what it feels like. And I don't know. Yeah. So it's so tough. Because if you take away one thing, what what does that mean for what your journey would have been? But I think as I look back, If I would have had more permission in myself to look for higher paying jobs, I think that would have helped me. I think I stayed a little stuck for a little bit too long thinking that's where I had to be and it just Mm. wasn't. I'm Okay, so I'm glad you said that because that is very much a mindset thing. And I think I would like to amend mine by saying I wish I had believed I could pay off debt even though... I was making a really small income when I was single. I didn't believe that I could pay off the debt. And so I wish I would have just believed more and tried to start sooner and and even not maybe accomplished a lot, but just tried to start sooner because I I did have money. But again, very negligible amount of time, just a few years that I waited after graduating um, before I I met Travis. So, but yeah, it's the, I think the mindset I was in kept me stuck more than anything. So Mm -hmm. probably that was what I would, Mm -hmm. I wish I could have But you learned that in time, you know, there's part of me that only realized that, you know, in hindsight, looking back that I felt stuck. I did get out of it. I'm not in that same place. But if there's any, so I think part of why we're saying this is to speak to those who might find themselves in that place of if you are a young working professional and you feel stuck, begin to look for options. You you don't have to be stuck. It doesn't mean that you can immediately get out of that situation, but begin to believe what we're saying and in your own abilities and capacities to look for something different. If it's mm-hmm. not feeling right, if you're not at peace about it, you don't have to stay in that place. Yeah. The sooner you start replacing the term I can't with how can I? The faster and further you will get. Yeah. Um, the sooner you will get to wherever you want to go. 
I can vividly remember, and so I felt stuck in this one position. I was working at a residential facility for youth, and so much of what kept me there was my my desire to help these kids who were about to age out of the foster care system. So certainly there's a lot of empathy present there, and that's a lot of what kept me there. But I, I can still remember this moment in my car where I was at the end of my rope. I was in the parking lot about to leave work for the day just at the end of myself and just like crying out in the car like, like when can this end kind of a thing. Like it just all felt like too much, emotionally too much, financially too not enough. <laughs> like it all just like <laughs> felt like such a burden. And and it just this flip switch like who's holding you back from doing something different? Who said you have to be here? You have to stay here. And all of a sudden I just felt like this weight lifted. Like, oh, I have permission. I don't I don't have to stay here. This does not have to be the rest of my life. I still care immensely for those students who were there. I mean, they're probably all like in their late 20s at this point. And my sights are still on foster care and wanting to help those in the system, particularly older children, so it can inform. But anyhow, yeah, I I can still remember that moment of like, oh, there's permission. I don't have to stay Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, that was an insightful lightning round that I hope inspired you to kind of challenge some of the things and some of the ways that you think about paying off debt and making financial decisions. So thank you so much for listening. Um, We want to thank you for your kind reviews. And if you disagreed with anything in this episode, we hope that you won't leave us a one-star review. But if something impacted you positively, we hope you will leave a positive review like TX Kane, who left a five-star review called Making Money Fun. Thank you for making frugal living fun. Listening is like hanging out with my two best buds who I might actually listen to. Very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Short and sweet. I love it. Thanks, TX Kane. We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we add you to our monthly drawing. So for every five tags and reviews we get each month, we give away a copy of the Frugal Friends workbook. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes or Stitcher and sending the screenshot to Frugal Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us on social. Remember, it is still July, so you can opt to get a all-access pass from the Future Frugal Summit. It is no longer for sale, so if you missed your chance, this is the way to get one. Mm. Thanks so much, everyone. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. When you were talking about mistakes and you're like, you either learn from uh, things that happen or, and I wanted so badly to say, or you die. (laughs) (laughs) They're never mistakes. They're just opportunities for learning or you die. (laughs) Or you you couldn't ever learn it because you're not here anymore. You dead. So (laughs) learn or die.
put that on the, a bumper sticker. That's the morbid way of looking at it. <laughs> Which is why I didn't say it in the episode. Um, mm, this still is the episode, Jen. Oh, you are still saying we're it. We're still recording. <laughs> okay. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.